Welcome to the Balanced Ambition Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Southam. Here, we delve into candid conversations with entrepreneurs, exploring both their business journey and their secrets to maintaining mental well-being. As we navigate the balance of ambition and inner peace, I hope you find insights, inspiration and invaluable takeaways in every episode. Thank you for joining us. Paul, thank you for joining me today. I've heard your product described as life-changing. Can you first of all tell me what the product is and why it would be described by someone as that? Thank thank you, Matt. Uh, Great to be here. Great to have a chat with you. Um, That is very generous for it to be described in that way. Um, It is a smart ring. So unlike other smart rings that record uh, biometric data or offer contactless payment, think of this as a remote control for music, sports cameras, wireless speakers, or any other device. Um, I think it adds a lot of value and helps a lot of people given that it's a effectively a hands-free remote controller. So I know it's been really helpful for a lot of people with certain injuries and disabilities, but just being re- used routinely, uh, I think it makes controlling other devices uh, a lot easier. Yeah, and I, I believe you can attach it to uh, all sorts of things, handlebars of bikes and things like that. So you can you know, control the music on your phone actually without going near your, your phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's a little bit of tech that have just popped out. Um, so again, it sets us a, a feature that sets us apart from uh, other smart rings is that you can obviously wear it in a ring or it pops out and goes into uh, different mounts, a uh, little Velcro attachment so you can attach to handlebars, ski poles, kayak paddles or any piece of sports equipment. Yeah. And where did this idea come from then? Where, where, why did you feel there was a need in the market for this and... Uh, it was actually came from personal experience, a bit like a, a previous startup. So uh, cut a long story short, I was skiing with a friend. Uh, the joke is he very selfishly injured himself on day three <laughs> of this trip. He tore his ACL, which is a little Ooh. bit inconsiderate because it meant I had to ski by myself. But uh, I started listening to music and podcasts. But I find that with a big pair of gloves on, I couldn't get to my AirPods or uh, even wired headphones. So invariably, I have to stop, take a glove off reach inside my jacket, get my phone out just to skip a track or uh, adjust the volume, put everything back and carry on. And I had a similar experience uh, doing other sports, cycling in the gym on a rowing machine, rowing like an idiot with one hand, trying to um, adjust uh, my playlist and get to a better song. I thought, <laughs> oh, I've it, been I thought that's just me. Yeah. And um, I, th- I thought, is that just me? But asking around, doing a little bit of research beyond friends and family, and turns out that this is a a source of friction so that's where the idea came from i then left a corporate job well i had to do the hardest pitch of my life and that was pitching to my wife uh, saying would she support me leaving what was a, a well-paid corporate job to get back into the startup world again and so that was yeah almost four years ago wow Okay, so it's been quite a journey the last four years. I, I do want to jump back a little bit into your early career, but, but first of all, just let, let me know right, right at the start. So you left a corporate job. To, yeah. What was the first step in, in setting the business up? It was uh, finding a agency that specialised in, in wearables and doing a design sprint. And I threw a bit of cash at that. Um, got a couple of uh, friends involved. The agency were fantastic. And we came up with the idea um, to put this control function in a ring. Initially, I thought it, it could be a on a wrist-based um, kind of watch form factor. 
Uh, that started the process. And then after that, not being technical or having any sort of background in wearables or consumer electronics, I had to find a CTO. And it's kind of serendipitous. I, uh, through a number of meetings, just met uh, Kumar, uh, awesome CTO who, yeah, we headed off straight away. And yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Okay. Well, take me back uh, prior um, to starting this and the corporate job. So uh, you obviously had a career in the military for around about 20 years. In, in fact, you're a, a DSO, I believe, um, as well. So yeah, tell me a little bit about your, your early career, maybe how that has actually influenced the way you've, you've approached a, a startup business. Yeah. So I spent uh, 20 years in the parachute regiment, um, ended up going on seven uh, deployments, uh, seven operational tours, and left in 2012. And as you've been in the military, if you're not on operations, the rest of your time you are spent uh, you spend training. And a big part of that was uh, was leadership training. And yeah, the military's got a very distinct style of of leadership. It's very autocratic. Um, it's very objective based, and it, it has to be called unlogical. Um, regardless of, of the outcome, obviously, you know, those decisions are based on, on the best outcome. But yeah. I had to change that uh, quite a bit, moving from the military world into the corporate world and realize that actually that style of leadership just doesn't get you anywhere. And it had to completely change to a more consensus-based uh, approach, uh, making sure it was way more inclusive, accepting and um, asking for lots of ideas. Not that we don't ask for ideas and input in the military, but um, yeah, a very different approach. I, I, and leadership is one of those, I think, huge subjects. I mean, I'm still learning uh, in the startup world with a small team, but um, yeah, it, uh, it's definitely changed over the years. Yeah, I guess, you know, while you can still be outcome-based, actually there's, you know, within startups and things like that, I guess more emotion comes into play um, than than necessarily the, the just looking at the data. Is, is that... Is that a fair comment? Yeah, it is. Uh, I think you know, in the startup world, when you're such a small team, of course it's it's emotional, and we all make mistakes all day long, and um, we put our heart and souls into this. You know, we give up time with friends and family, and all the sacrifices that uh, every startup uh, founder or early hire has to make, and and it is emotive, um, and you have to take that into account, and yeah, try and acknowledge those emotions and. I suppose uh, focus on the more positive ones and accept or dismiss the uh, the negative ones. Yeah, yeah. You said about um, mistakes there. I mean, um, I guess whether it's in in the military or or out in the sort of civilian world, you know, learning from your mistakes is probably one of the biggest things I've sort of found. And I know it's a common one. You know, did learn from your mistakes and so on. But what what have you learned from you know building a, a product from scratch? When yeah, what were some big learning curves that you you sort of really picked up on? Yeah, if I can relate that to the military world, so any both on exercises and on operations, any time um, you go through a uh, a certain operation or go through a certain mission, once it's completed, um, we normally go through what's called an after action review, and you get really forensic, right down to the little details and right down to decision-making, whatever else it might be, just to pick through all of that and to see where you can make, uh, learn from those mistakes and issues, acknowledge what went right, acknowledge yeah. what went wrong, uh, and learn from that. And I think I've, I've adopted that going into the startup world. 
Um, it was such a small team and so much responsibility on everyone's shoulders. There's no place to hide. You can't really you know, blame it on someone else, but that's a big part of it is yeah. you, as soon as you make a mistake, you've got to own it. You've got to accept it for whatever reason. And if you can analyze it, if it's a judgment call, what were the factors that led you to that that decision? Um, if it's more quantitative, then that's, that's slightly easier. You can analyze that data. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's good to deal with it and deal with it quickly as soon as anyone makes a mistake we own it we analyze it learn from it get past it and move on yeah yeah you mentioned in the military obviously you were either on operations or you were training or learning yeah and how i often found running a business actually you're always on operation um you know yeah. it's, it's like non-stop so how do you find time or how have you made sure you you've found time to be able to you know learn improve grow as a person I think that growth mindset and continually learning um, is, is such a key aspect of uh, of the startup world, particularly when you're bootstrapping, you just don't have the cash to outsource all of those jobs. Some of those tedious, even admin jobs that, uh, you know, things that I don't enjoy, I'm not good at, but I have to get on and, and do it. If it's launching a product on a new platform, getting into the back end and, and learning how to, uh, to get, get a to grips with that um you know some of those tasks don't come naturally i think you've just got to get on and learn um when we we paused we were working probably after a couple of years uh co-founder and i we were working seven days a week just non-stop we realized this isn't sustainable it's not healthy okay let's agree no outbound comms no nothing on a sunday let's just take a break but use that time catch up, do a bit of reading, um, learn uh, whatever we can in whatever sort of uh, subjects we're interested in, but use that time for obviously taking a break, spending some time with friends and family, but um, spending a little bit of time to sort of learn and grow. But you know what it's like uh, running your own company, it's fast paced. You say, mm -hmm. yeah, it's um, you know, good intentions. Okay, I'm gonna allocate an hour a day to uh, do a bit of reading and that never happens. Well, if it does, it's, it's fantastic, but it rarely happens. Yeah, I think you've got to be really disciplined and i try and get some of those tasks done as early in the day as possible you know like yeah. i've i've um i've worked out this morning because i knew that i could go oh, i'm gonna do it at four o'clock but actually yeah. the, the day just builds up behind you and there's no chance of me you know taking a break then to go i'd, I'd put it off um so you know i very much try and get some of the activity that i want to do for myself as early in the day as possible before that day starts kicking you basically exactly yeah <laughs> you, you said you know you were working seven days a week pretty much for you know several years and then that builds up that the pressure builds up how yeah. how did you cope with that my one i suppose release is is going to the gym um four or five times a, a week and like you in the morning i've got to get it that workout mm. done in the morning uh otherwise yeah it doesn't happen and I've got a good um, indicator that my wife realizes I haven't gone to the gym or have skipped a session because um, she points out that I turn into a, a bit of a grumpy idiot um, and almost tells me to, all right, it's time to go to the gym. Um, I've also got two big dogs and their their internal clocks are set for about 4.35 o'clock, so they'll come and stare <laughs> at me uh, and tell me, okay, don't care what you're doing, uh, time to take a break. And so that that's, um, I think, a good way to get away from a screen uh just take them for a bit of a walk uh in the local park so i think those two um sessions one in the morning and a bit of a walk in the afternoon 
enabled me to to keep pushing the rest of the time but yeah again that's not sustainable a bit of time off uh away from from work just to spend time with friends and family i mean i was sending i caught myself on once i was sending a couple of emails on uh, on christmas day and just thought what what is that about uh that's crazy yeah and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I very much like that yeah gym in the morning walk in the afternoon i, I feel that helps yeah enable you to start your day well but also try and yeah. switch out of work mode ready to actually Definitely. spend time with with family friends yeah, what, yeah whatever it is that that change up and i think that that opportunity just to get away from the screen um you know like most of us you're either on a laptop or on a phone and uh i try and have the discipline not to get my phone out when i'm in the gym or, or going for a walk just to give my brain a bit of a break yeah, I saw, interestingly, a friend had written a Facebook status this morning relating to uh, gyms and fitness places saying, you know, yeah. uh, she used the word, I think, hijacked, but that's maybe not a fair assumption. That, But to use her terminology, hijacked by the sort of beauty, fitness, weight loss sort of uh, movement. But in fact, actually, the gym is so much more. And I sort of realized that when I wasn't going to the gym or if I missed the gym, you know, when I was sort of in my, in my twenties, yeah, I did get grumpy and I thought it was because, yeah. oh, because I'm not working on my body and progressing forward. But I've actually realized now, actually it was just a, a stress release. And the yeah. reason I get, get a bit worked up if I don't go for a few days, I, I haven't released any endorphins. I haven't released that stress. Yeah. It's nothing really to do. You know, I'm a, I'm not a, a competing professional athlete. You know, I'm in my forties. I'm not not trying to have abs at the moment. You know, it's like yeah. what yeah, I'm just going we, for we, me. Your fifties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm just going for me. And actually, yeah. the, the the exercise isn't just about the the pure physical uh, training. Yeah. It, 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 it's so much more to to release the stress and just make make us feel better. Yeah, totally. And I found that even if I'm feeling a little bit run down or maybe didn't sleep very well, I don't really feel like a session. I think just getting out of the house and, and going and doing something, whatever it is, even if it's 15, 20 minutes and acknowledging, actually, I'm not quite feeling up to it. Uh, I would normally do a little bit more, but I'll just cut my losses now. Um, just that simple process of, of doing something for 15, 20 minutes, I think makes all the difference. Yeah. I've often heard um, people who are successful in business, it's, it's often about, uh, it's not such about motivation. Um, it's about the, the consistency, I suppose, discipline on on carrying yeah. on every day because we all get bursts of motivation. We, we're going to see that after Christmas with everyone writing and buying new running shoes, you know. But it's <laughs> actually the the discipline of getting up every day and yeah. going out running, which is leads to the you know the improvement. Do you think some of your military background has helped helped you with that discipline of sort of always turning up even when you're maybe not feeling it? Definitely. Um, I think one of the the key traits, and there are quite a few, that transition so well from the military into the startup world or even uh, sort of big corporate world is is resilience and just because so many sessions when it's miserable outside and if you didn't have to you wouldn't go for a run, um, but military it wasn't an option. We had fitness targets to maintain and there was that personal pride and regimental ethos and guess what, come rain or shine, don't care what it's doing outside or how tired you feel, you're going out to do a run or um, or hit the gym or whatever it is. And mm. yeah, I think consistency is key. I read something the other day that said that to build even just a, a viable business 
from scratch takes a thousand days of just relentless, consistent focus. Mm. And I think, yeah, that consistency is key to just to keep plugging away and have that discipline to when you're not feeling well or things uh, aren't going the way you planned is just, yeah, keep on it. Keep on it. Yeah. What have been some of the, the most rewarding parts of, of the startup? You know, was it was it the first time you saw the product actually come to life? Was it the first sale? What what, what was yeah. it? I think in terms of ethos, that's another thing that uh, we've been we've worked really hard to celebrate is all those little milestones and all those little wins, no matter how small or insignificant. Is just take a minute to say, actually, you know, let's look back six months ago when we we weren't anywhere near to the point we are now. Let's just you know take a moment to acknowledge that. I think it was um, every prototype getting something that actually worked that looked something close to what we wanted. And of course, looking back now, those first prototypes were just big, ugly, awful um, bits <laughs> of uh, bits of kit. Um, so all those little stages were great. I think when we finally finished all the manufacturing and went through all of that product development and started shipping products in January this year, that was that was a huge milestone and. And then even now, every time we get a little bit of feedback from a customer or a customer takes time just to put a little comment on social media, I mean, that's huge for us, I think, for any business. Just yeah. I mean, once you get too far down the road, it's easy to lose sight of that. But for now, it's, that's just so uh, rewarding seeing some little comments from a customer, knowing that our product is they're enjoying it and getting value from it. Yeah, you talk about celebrating the little wins. And actually, yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm passionate about setting big goals and going for these. But actually, it's very easy to almost miss out the journey and yeah. not celebrate actually each of the tiny milestones. Anything that you've done each day to move you slightly closer yeah. is a positive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it can be so frustrating. You know, for me, yeah, I haven't moved the needle in you know, one direction or another on something, no matter what what might it might be, there's there's that sort of frustration of, okay, I haven't really made any progress today, but actually, well, that's fine. You you can't do that every day, but yeah, once you do make a bit of progress or hit those little milestones, so important to, yeah, acknowledge that. Yeah. So what, what talk me through, I mean, you, you might not be able to say, but what are some of your big goals with uh, with your company? What, what What's the next step? Well, uh, I think like any ambitious startup founder, we don't want to be, we're not going to be a, a one-trick pony. So this is just our first product. We've got a roadmap of five or six products, all variations on the, the sort of smart ring theme and interacting and controlling with other devices. We've got a couple of B2B projects going on where other companies, where they make drones or smart glasses, want to use uh, our products to control uh, those devices uh, and those bits of equipment. Um, our next, I suppose, closest uh, in terms of time frame, our next target is building out our software. So we've got the hardware um, that's selling pretty well. We're happy with that, but we're going to add 10x the value by um, our next software upgrade, which is going to uh, essentially be a filter on music recommendations with a view to improving physical performance. Um, no one's doing that yet, not even uh, Spotify. We think that's going to be pretty big. It's been about 18 months in the works. So, yeah, that, that's going to be exciting. So, yeah, talk me through that then. So how's that? You don't obviously not say exactly how it works is in, yeah. in the background, but uh, the, the benefit to users, that's 
is going to adjust the music based on activity or what they're doing? Yeah, or? so it's you know it's pretty subjective. Um, and not everyone listens to music when they do some sort of physical mm. activity, but the vast majority, stat sets about eighty percent of people enjoy music when they're doing some form of exercise, and it's pretty subjective. Um, but when you get a song that you like that resonates with you in that moment, uh, the science says that can improve your physical performance by up to 15%. Mm. And on the the, uh, the other side of that, it can reduce your perceived fatigue by about 11%. And there's a bit of science in matching that song to that activity. Now, it takes some user input. For example, you would need to uh, put into the uh, our app whether you're going for uh, just a gentle Sunday morning jog or if you're going hard charging for a 30 mile uh, bike ride um, it then takes the genre of music you like and it'll match uh, your playlists with your biometrics and uh, we're harnessing a bit of sports psychology a bit of AI to match that up and try and replicate that that psychological lift you get when you get a good song on Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite into the sort of the psychology of uh, performance within sport. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've read about a recent study which uh, they were basically either slowing down or speeding up time. And it was related to they were saying, oh, go out for a run and, and stop when you're when you're tired. And some of them yeah. they prepped saying, oh, most people feel tired at about 10K. And the people that had said that would get to about 10.5K, 11K and then feel tired, you know, and uh, because they wanted to just just be above average, but then suddenly shut yeah. down. And uh, there was another time when they even said on time and then they actually sped up time and slowed it down because people, apart from a clock on the wall, which they did, you know, they weren't wearing their own watch and things like that. Yeah. And it was funny that we were taking signals outside influences to decide when we were tired and wow. uh, had, had had enough. And I can see that with, with the music I've, I've been in the gym and suddenly a song's come on and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to keep going to the end of this song because yeah. I want to yeah, listen yeah. to this one. And whereas and it, if it hadn't come on, I would have definitely decided there's no way I can carry on for another 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And so. you know, sometimes that uh, just happens by chance. You might be at the right place in your playlist or yeah, if it's pipe music uh, coming through the speakers, it just might happen that you know, you're or one of your favorite songs comes on. Um, yeah. And, and we're trying to, so that's the challenge, trying to capture that and replicate it and serve that up on a more consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. You briefly, uh, prior to us uh, pressing record, you're, you're talking about a, a project you're working with people who have come out of the military looking to work into startups. Can you talk a little bit about that and just tell me what, what you do there and the reason why, why you feel that's so important? Yeah, when when I first left, I I was so naive. Um, even before I joined the military, I did a business degree, but um, obviously that... Um, I had no real sort of practical experience of application of that. So 20 years in the military, yeah, fairly uh, institutionalized. And when I left, I think one aspect was trust. Um, in the military environment, you just automatically trust, trust everyone that you're working alongside. You have to for, uh, for everything to work. And um, quite often you're relying uh, on putting your life in people's hands. And the first big contract I signed, I realized pretty quickly that actually yeah the guys who uh, who signed with were uh, complete cowboys and i'd lied to my face a couple of times and i got ripped off massively the only way i got out of that contract is they went bust which is quite um fortuitous and uh, i mean that, that and i sort of mentioned that and i've had lots of conversations 
with others. And yes, we all know there's a lot, lots of sharks and cowboys out there. And I don't want that to sound too pessimistic. We all know there's a lot of amazing, fantastic people out there who mm. small compass points in the right direction, and they're just a joy to uh, to work with. But um, I was so naive, made so many mistakes with my first business. I wish I had have had access to a mentor or someone just to even get a, a second opinion if it was a judgment call. And so now I'm quite um, passionate about mentoring others. And there's a lots of great charities out there, but one I'm working with is called Heropreneurs. And it enables people with a military background or even spouses, um, family members of those in the military who are setting up their own business for the first time to get access to uh, a mentor. And there are uh, about 70 or 80 mentors, some with uh, just some amazing experience that um, volunteer their time um, to to mentor uh, people setting up their, their first business. No, that's that's fantastic. I think that getting a second opinion, you know, is is such a key part because I think a lot of what we yeah. see as as business owners, at uh, first we we might look on social media or we you know maybe Google it, but actually everyone's just talking about the good times and uh, yeah. you know it, it makes it look like oh they're doing really well they're doing really well, but actually yeah. you need someone on a almost a one to one level just to sort of say. Yeah, it's not always like that. There will be these challenges. If you've got that challenge, okay, here's how it could be dealt with. Here's one solution. Here's an idea. Yeah. You know, just just someone to, I suppose, sense check. And I think someone once said to me, business can be a lonely place. And uh, yeah. I, I think that's true for, for startups or in fact, most business owners, because you maybe don't want to burden the worries that you've got on close family members because you know they, they've had a tough day as well and uh, you know <laughs> had it where I've got home you know I've had a tough day at the office and uh, the missus has had a tough day and I just think I, you know, yeah I, I don't want to load on so you just almost bottle it all up um, yeah. but actually yeah to be to be able to have someone that you know can mentor you or just like you say run an idea past I think that's really key so that's some fantastic work you're doing there yeah totally I, I agree yeah um, it's my wife gets a lot of the uh, sort of frustrations and, and venting and um, yeah, I have to respect that she's got a busy job as well. And just as you said, you know, if your partners had uh, had a tough day as well, the last thing you, know, you want to do is unload on them. And yeah, I found even with fellow mentors, um, I found some of those relationships just fantastic just to, um, you know, there's so much information out there and wherever you get it from, but nothing can, I think, replace that uh, quick conversation, even just unloading a little bit of frustration, but just say, listen, is it just me? Uh, and particularly if you've been eyes down and focused really closely mm -hmm. with, with an issue that's been rumbling on for a while, so good just to get a second opinion, someone who's not uh, intimately related with, uh, with your business. Yeah, I heard I often say, you know, you only know what you know. And, and someone said to me a few days ago, you know, but the thing is, you also you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. uh, that's often about having that mentor. You might have never just even considered this other option because you didn't know it was one. Um, so totally. it's just, yeah. just bringing those ideas together. So actually, you've got some options, you've got some choices, rather than just the only way you knew. And uh, often, yeah. yeah, if you're starting a business and you've come from another career, you just don't know some of some of the ways that, that things can be done yeah exactly paul it's been really good talking to you today i want to finish just by asking a question that i often ask and that is what would be your number one tip that you would provide to someone who's looking to start a business or is maybe in the early stages those that that first year or two what would be your tip to them to you know balance that ambition or whatever it is that's a tough one uh 
so much good advice out there. Um, I think you've, you've got to get into it with your eyes open. I know that there are so many glamorous stories out there, a lot of it on LinkedIn of startup founders, most of them in dropping out of Stanford, uh, working in Silicon Valley, coming up with an idea, don't even have a product, but get 20 million thrown at them. And before they know it, they've got uh, some massive office with a neon sign and lots of foosball tables and uh, life is good. Um, the reality is, as we know, it is it can be a slog at times, but yeah, it's getting into it with eyes wide open. But if you and examining that that motivation, if it's to make a quick buck, it's not going to happen. But if you genuinely believe in what you're doing, if others are going to find value from it, and you love what you do, then you know, as the saying goes, I think paraphrase Mark Twain. Um, you know, if you get to that stage where you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. And yeah. I could never see myself going back to the corporate world, um, you know, startup uh, world for me. And yeah, it's just fantastic. That freedom, the small teams, uh, okay, that might grow, but just the ability to make decisions uh, in a couple of seconds and get on and execute at pace and all those, uh, all the good things from it. At some point, yeah, um, might be able to pay myself a salary. Uh, that day might come. That'll be fantastic. That'll be another milestone to celebrate. But until then, yeah, it's just, you know, enjoying the process. And for me, it's, and if others can do that, it just get that reward from creating something from nothing and that others find, find value from. Uh, for me, that's, that's amazing. Paul, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation today, and I genuinely wish you all the all the best of luck with uh, the current product and 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 the future line. I guess. Thank you, Matt. Really good to talk to you. All right, take care. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Balance Ambition Podcast. I genuinely hope the stories inspire you as much as they inspire me. If you found value in today's conversation, please share it with a friend. And remember, by subscribing, you won't miss an episode and it would truly mean the world to me. Stay balanced and I'll see you next time.